Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, back to the morning roast with Bonte and Shasky. It is the morning roast. It's not Bontan Shasky, though. Sam Lubman, who usually produces this show, as I maneuver the camera over to where I'm at and lock it in, we're good to go there. It's also FP Santangelo here on the morning roast. Uh, the great Lucas Alexander is on the uh, board right now, pressing all the buttons. And uh, unlike most board ops, he actually knows what he's doing. Wait, he's the music. That's it, the best rejoinder we've had today. Matt's playing like serial killer stuff, and now we got like a little rhythm going in the segment. Well, we actually have someone who's you know who understands what music in this century is like, so you know that's that's what it is there with with Lucas there. So, and that's enough Lucas praise for the day. We don't want him to get too big of a head. Um, FP, it's time for uh, what we've all been waiting for on the morning roast. It's time for our Giants baseball talk. And uh, before, or, ju- the- or just baseball talk, baseball talk in general yeah. too. I'm 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 always more uh, partial to Giants. As uh, I got my one of my favorite Giant shirts on today, my Giants Empire Star Wars shirt, um, which would hit a lot more if uh, you had seen Star Wars before. Um, so there you go. Pick and choose your moments. I I did not do the right one there. Um, but before the break, I threw a thought at you, and uh, this is in response to a a Ken Rosenthal story I saw in the Athletic, uh, basically detailing this stare down that we're seeing between the Scott Boris and his big four free agents. They're calling them the Boris four, Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, obviously the giants have been all off season linked to Matt Chapman uh, and the general managers uh, around major league baseball. In this story, he's got a bunch of GMs quoted as saying different variations of we're done making moves. Farhan Zaidi said last week, we don't anticipate any moves being made. Uh, we got Rangers general manager Chris, Chris Young saying, I don't think there are any con- uh, additions coming at this point. Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins, at this point, additions would be of significance, would mean some level of subtraction. Basically, you got a bunch of general managers out there saying that, yeah, we don't really need to add any more guys, even though there's four players uh, under representation of Scott Boris who are very much available and very much ready to help any baseball team out there. And uh, yeah, we've we've hit this kind of uh, of a Mexican standoff here, like we're at the end of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Somebody's got to blink first. FP, I'm curious when you see this this going down here. Me personally, I kind of put on my baseball baseball tinfoil hat here, and I have to think that these GMs are texting each other, saying, you know, hey, let's hold the line here. Let's not give in to Scott. Am I am I getting too into the weeds on that one, or just when when you see this going on, when you see this this battle going on between baseball executives? And the most powerful agent in all of baseball. What, what's what's your first thought that comes to mind there? Well, first of all, does your tinfoil hat have a propeller on top of it? Because that would be cool. Well, obviously, yeah, I go for style. If you go tinfoil hat with propeller, 
Yeah, and I mean, your Star Wars shirt. I'm fashionable. On. So now, Shout now, we're, now we're talking. You could be a GM. Like you, you really you could be a modern day general manager of a major league baseball team. I'll take Farhan's job. That's that's called collusion. What you just mentioned. If GMs are texting each other saying you you hold out, you hold out, you can't do that, and they're not doing that. Uh, what's going on right now is Boris is just like wait, 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 and if you keep waiting, you're going to get the most amount of money because teams are going to get desperate and they want you. My take on this is for those four guys that have Scott Boris as their agent. And I got to be careful here because one of them could become a giant. But you're lucky to be a major league baseball player. You should be itching to get to big league camp and be part of whatever team you're going to be a part of. And the fact that you're sitting at home and your potential new teammates are already practicing and busting their ass on a daily basis and getting ready for a 162-game campaign and you're holding out because Scott Boris is telling you to... Get off your ass and go play baseball. An extra million dollars here or $2 million there in the big scheme of things when you're all said and done isn't going to make or break you. So if you're holding out for another year here or money there, do I understand that it, it is a, a privilege to play six years in the big leagues and to be good enough to where you are a free agent and that people actually want you? Most of the, the average major league career lasts three or four years. And to get to that six-year point and to finally get to stick it to the man, as they say, I get that. But when you are when you're think you're that important to hold out from camp and miss time because you want to get the most money, I don't get that. I can't wrap my head around that. There's millions of minor leaguers that are just dying for a chance to play at that level. There's millions of major leaguers that could not wait to get to spring training, to compete, to get in shape for what they think is a championship season. And for you to sit at home while other teams are there, I lost a lot of respect for all these guys. Like I, I understand what they're doing. I understand that it is a business. But I, if you're going to hold out and, and not be there, and kind of hold owners hostage and GMs hostage when I think you should be playing for other reasons than an extra million or two or whatever it is. I, I don't get that. Maybe that's an old school take. Maybe I'm being old fashioned. No, it's actually. I, 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 I just, I just, I, I've lost a lot of respect for these guys. That's interesting. Not so, that they care about whether I no, have no, no, no. Or. Well, I'm kind of issue because I, I, I wonder if you know there's guys in the Giants clubhouse who are seeing this standoff going on, and you know the Giants they've been linked to Matt Chapman. All off season, ever since that Bob Melvin Sign was hired, your contract, getting a uniform. Like our dude. guys, are they look at that as just like, well, if he's you know kind of wishy washy on wanting to come here, despite you know what we believe to be a great setup here with with the Giants and a great manager here and Bob Melvin, who he's already comfortable with. You know, if you're one of the guys in that clubhouse, you know, I'm curious, like the, the way you're saying it right there, are they kind of looking at Matt Chapman side eyed and just being like, you know what, if he wants to hold out, that's fine. We don't need him. Let him do his own thing. Like I, I is, doubt it. I, I think Sam that I'd be the minority in this take. I think most major leaguers now in that generation would be like, we understand it's a business, but I also understand that I want the guy that I'm competing with for six months and 162 games to, to be there right now. Cause s spring training, whatever you think about is when you form bonds that's when you, you form bonds with your new teammates. You see what the clubhouse chemistry is going to be like. Like everybody's happy in spring training, right? It's, it's a fun time for everybody. You know, what is your team going to be like when you lose nine out of 10? Like everybody's super excited about a campaign right now, but like you, you start to get to formulate ties with guys. Like who's the guy I'm going to hang with? Who's the guy I'm going to have beers with? Who's the guy that looks like he's going to be a good teammate? 
and you start you start to form bonds right now in spring training. And if somebody comes in late, and now that kind of throws a wrinkle into things. And I know it's a game of of turnover, and you get used to that. But I I, I want I want I want the guys that I'm going to battle with there right now. I, I don't want them yeah, to that, jump yeah. in. And I, I, I don't know. I just, the, here, here's the thing. The whole business side of sports, I hate. The whole business side of baseball, I hate. The whole, I had an agent, he's calling the team, he's calling me, they're giving you this, they're offering you that, I hate it. The whole players association and the union thing, I hate it. I just wanted to like wind me up, put me between the lines, let me compete, let me try to win a game, let me beat you. And let me play the game that I grew up loving. But when it starts to get to this, all this business side of things, it's just a turnoff for me. It's still a turnoff for me, no matter what sport it is. Yeah, no I one understand cares. No one really it. cares about that. I mean, the fans don't really like. No one cares about the money battles. Sorry to cut you off there, but like, yeah, I, I and I'm kind of like you. The money, I don't care about. It. I don't care what you're making or anything like that. Like, I do like. Yeah, I want to see guys suit up on the field. I guess my my kind of I guess concern there, if we're gonna have one, in regards to you know when these guys do show up. You know, we we mentioned you know earlier in the show, you know Nick Bosa missing training camp and how that kind of set him back for the entire year. Um, you know, it was based off kind of what you had said one time on this show. At what point with these guys is it too late for them when they show up to camp? Like, is is there a too late to show up to camp to where like, let's say you know this this kind of song and dance goes until like the second week of March, Just arbitrary dates I'm gonna throw out there, and then that's when the Giants sign Matt Chapman. Is that like you know you're you're almost a month into camp at that point? How far behind the eight ball are our guys going to be in that situation if they're coming into camp that late? I remember you know, Bryce Harper, when he signed with the Phillies, I think he signed right at the beginning of March as well. So, I mean, there is kind of precedent for it taking that long. Is that is that a thing, or am I making too much out of nothing there? Well, it, it could be a thing. It's a it's a player-by-player basis on how you get ready for a season. The one thing I would say that sucks about that, Sam, is what if you're like a AAA kid and you're balling out? And you're having the best camp ever. And the, the, the media is coming up to you, and it's just like your manager talks about you every day. And the, in the press conference, you're hitting 450. You've hit four home runs in the first eight games. It looks like there's a need for you, and you're about to make the team. And you're thinking about making the team, and your family's calling you. And here's my big opportunity because I'm leading the Cactus League in hitting. And all of a sudden, they sign this guy. And now, whatever you did, well, maybe you open some eyes. And there's a face with the name, but whatever you did is it doesn't matter because this guy's got your job, the free agent. And now you're going back to Sacramento or whatever it is. And obviously, the guy who probably be again, if we're, we're we're focusing on Matt Chapman here, the guy who that means the most for right now is J.D. Davis. When it comes to the Giants, uh, right now he's probably slated to be the Giants' opening day third baseman. Uh, obviously, maybe depends on kind of what goes on with Wilmer Flores too, if they decide to play him at third base as well. But right now, J.D. Davis is probably your your third base. You know. Third base one, you know, I mean, if we did like quarterback one, he is your starting third baseman right now. Um, and honestly, if that is the case going into the year, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who text me, oh, keep making more signings, I need to bring someone in, bring in Matt Chapman. Honestly, I'm totally content with going into the season with JD Davis as the Giants' primary third baseman. Uh, there's a lot that I liked what he did at the plate last year. I know he had an ankle injury, I think it was in mid June. Um, that kind of derailed his season, and he had moments where you saw that swing and how good it was. And I saw enough, the defensive metrics didn't like him a ton last year. Again, maybe the ankle injury was a part of that. Um, but I've seen enough for J.D. Davis on defense to where, you know, the, the work he puts in before the games and the work he does in the games, I'm totally content with his glove at third base. He was a borderline all-star candidate in the first half last year, FP. And 
I bullish on JD Davis, uh, not just because he's come on garlic fries and baseball guys, um, but because I just I like what I see from the guy. He's got a good swing. He's a solid baseball player who can handle that hot corner. Yeah, he played a little more than he ever played before last year, and he ran out of gas mm-hmm. down the stretch. I think a couple of guys ran out of gas down the stretch. So maybe he he knew how to prepare himself a little bit differently this year. Not better, not worse, but differently based on the amount of time he got last year. But I don't think you give up on Casey Schmidt at third base either. No. Like if that's your future, that guy's going to play at third more for me than JD Davis. Maybe JD initially. And Casey might play some shortstop based on what happens with Luciano too, but I, I, I'm not giving up on the kid at third base. I think Casey Schmidt's a gold glove defender. He's going to win a number of gold gloves if he can command the strike zone a little bit better and just maybe take a Xanax before a game every now and then and just relax at the home at home plate when he's hitting. <laughs> he might he might command yeah. the strike zone a little bit better. But I'm I'm a big Casey Schmidt fan. I, I think he's going to be a good major leaguer. Very nice guy. Another uh, alumni of uh, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. He was a fun one to chat with when I had him on the pod, uh, especially at the end. Um, if you go back and listen to this pod, it was back in like, Jan- in like July or something, or June. It was right after he got called up. Um and we're doing it. He had like he says like I got about like 10, 15 minutes for you. So we're doing the the interview on the on the side next to the dugout. Um, and then out of nowhere, like ten minutes in, and uh, I'm trying to wrap it up. He's like, "Oh wait, I gotta go," and then he just takes off in the middle of a question I'm asking him. And it's like, "All right, it's Casey Schmidt, everybody, garlic fried baseball guys." Um, Would you piss him off? No, I think he just he had to get to a hitters meeting. Um, and you know, and he's a rookie and he can't be late. And uh, so I just thought it was kind of funny how it just like, you know, we we're having a good conversation. Oh, I got to go be a baseball player. Bye. And he just kind of took off. He's he's a very fun, loose guy. We've chatted a lot in the in the clubhouse. Um, not a lot, but a few times in the clubhouse last year. Uh, found him very enjoyable to talk about or talk with. Um, very. Uh, thank you very much. Very. Uh, I agree with you. I, I like Kay Schmidt a lot. Like you can bring for me. It's obviously with him. It's it's the bat. Um, you know, the uh, the nickname I saw for him last year was Chasey Schmidt. Because he's always going low and away on those pitches there. Uh, Love to see it, which is tough because his his sweet spot in the zone is that low corner, that low outside corner. But pitchers figured out that if you go a little bit outside that low outside zone, you can get him to chase there. And uh, it's all she wrote there. So get the bat to be a little bit more consistent. The defense is there. I've always said with Casey Schmidt, if you could give me a career arc similar to Brandon Crawford, that's great. I'll take that all day long. Brandon Crawford was never known for his bat when he came up. He was a very soft-hitting shortstop, but he had a glove that was good enough to keep him in the lineup every day. And that's what I see with with Casey Schmidt. That glove is good enough to keep him on the big league roster and keep him in the lineup. And then it's just a matter of how you bring the bat around with him. And that, I think, is that's going to be the big thing that you obviously need to keep your eye on with him uh, going into this spring training and this season. I, I like the staff. I like the fact that you have depth in your starting rotation. I like the fact that Bob Melvin and Farhan are going to disagree on things and it's not going to be just one way and we're going to do it this way. There's going to be pushback and they've talked about that publicly and it's going to be healthy give and take. So when you're talking about when Robbie Ray gets healthy and um, Jordan Hicks and Kyle Harrison and Alex Cobb and maybe a Tristan Beck in there, uh, Logan Webb obviously, and I mean that's that's a decent starting rotation, and you win with pitching and defense. That's how you how you win around here. Uh, my biggest concerns going into the season aren't the bullpen, aren't the starting rotation, are uh, Patrick Bailey, and to see if he can repeat what he did last year. Uh, was he a flash in the pan? Is he a legitimate All Star candidate type catcher? Is he up there with a JT Real Muto? He put on twenty five pounds. 
25 pounds is 25 pounds. Whether it's muscle, whether it's fat, I don't know. But 25 pounds is a lot more to carry. You don't put on 25 pounds because you want to be more durable in a season. That's a lot of weight on your joints, regardless of if it's muscle or whatever. That concerns me because his mobility and his agility behind the plate, his ability to block pitches, his speed and quickness on release and snap throws behind, all of that, his flexibility to me and his athletic ability behind the plate were the things that were most impressive. If you put on 25 pounds in any sport, your athletic ability is going to be compromised. It is. So does he deflate in spring training? Does he lose 10 pounds? Is he right at his perfect weight when opening day comes? I don't know. It's a big concern for me. It's a big, big concern for me. The other concern is the shortstop position. It, it's the anchor of the infield. You're the captain. We were so used to the greatest shortstop in Giants history in Brandon Crawford. He's not there anymore. So when you're asking a kid in, in Luciano that was born in 2001 to be your shortstop, or if you're asking a kid in Casey Schmidt, who's born 1999, to be your shortstop. That's the position for me. That's the most important position defensively on the diamond, besides catcher. Uh, so these two positions are my biggest concerns going into the season. Um, I know there's other options at catcher. Tom Murphy, Blake Sable can play. I don't know what they're going to do with Joey Bart. But those are the storylines that when I go to Scottsdale, I'm going to lock in on. The shortstop position, the catcher position. Yeah, let's let, let's maybe start the catching position there because, you know, when Bailey got to the big leagues last year, one thing I remember is he was doing a lot of things that you just didn't really see him doing at the minor league level. Especially I think it was his hitting from the the the, the right side. I think yeah. he was not that great hitting from the right, right side in the minor leagues. Then he gets up to the big leagues and he's he's hitting great from the right side. Um, I don't think that's something that. You see, happen very often. Where I don't know, I, I don't know. I mean, how often do you see a guy kind of get to the big leagues and he's doing something that he's never done in the minor leagues before? In the way Bailey was, is that is there ever a situation where a guy just kind of gets up and, and he was asked about this a lot, and his response always just kind of like a, a form of like you know just putting in the work, figuring out something, just kind of clicking stuff like that. But with something like that happens, where you know he never had that success hitting from the right side, then he gets up to the big leagues and he does. Is that somewhere you like, do you look at that as like a flash in the pan type deal? Or do you look at that as maybe you do have more hitting chops from that side of, of the plate? Let's see how we can keep developing that. Well, there's a lot of ways I go with that. As a former switch hitter, you get streaky on each side of the plate. You have multiple personalities. You got your left-handed personality, your right-handed personality. And sometimes if you're facing a lot of righties, your left-handed swing is locked in. And you don't see many lefties. Your right-handed swing suffers. And it just it gets into... If you're left-handed in the minor leagues and you can pitch, you're in the big leagues. So he probably didn't have as many right-handed at-bats because the good left-handers are in the major leagues. That makes sense. Okay. If you have a pulse and you throw strikes as a lefty, you're on the fast track to the big leagues. Okay. So his right-handed swing was probably neglected a little bit at the minor league level. Um, I always thought, and I'm living proof of it sitting across from you, that it was easier to play in the big leagues. I was a better big leaguer than I was a minor leaguer. Really? How the so? The conditions are better. The backdrops are better. The equipment is better. Your bats are better. You have everything at your fingertips to be successful. The cages, the food, the travel. Um, pitchers are around the plate more. It's not like it's a grenade launcher or a snowball fight where a guy's throwing one over your head, a guy's throwing one at you, and then he paints the black. In the big leagues, guys are around the plate. The strike zone is smaller in the big leagues than it is the minor leagues, or it was back in the day. So I would take a pitch and be like, oh, I'm 0-1, and the umpire would say ball, and I went, whoa, that was a ball? That was such a strike for seven years in the minor leagues. So based on the lighting, the background, the, the, the I guess, 
everything at my fingertips that I needed to be successful, the weight room, the cages, the coaches, way more coaches, the trainers, the treatment that you get on injuries, everything to me, the stadiums, the playing surface, the infield that I had to field ground balls on, it was way easier to play in the big leagues than the minor leagues. So when I got to the big leagues and had a great rookie season, people were asking me like, wow, he didn't hit like this in the minor leagues. I could go up there and be aggressive because I knew the guys were going to throw strikes. I could see the rotation and the seams on the baseball because it wasn't a small fence in center field with trees that were dead from the winter that hadn't bloomed their leaves yet in the early in the spring. And I could worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply and pick up the baseball the batting eyes are like 27 garage doors that are painted black and the ball's coming out of that and the lighting is the best lighting in the world the conditions are the best conditions in the world. Games got canceled if it's sprinkled. You didn't have to play in a muddy field. Like everything about the major leagues is better than the minor leagues, and it's conducive to success if, if mentally you can handle it. If mentally you can wrap your head around that, you know, you're playing on a big stage and bright lights, and there's cameras in every camera well, you're on TV every night. You're playing in front of 50,000 people. You're playing against the best players on the planet. You're playing for a chance to set up generations uh, of your family. You're playing for a chance to change your life. If you can get through all the mental hurdles that there is, like maybe playing Sunday in a major on the PGA Tour, if you can right. get through that and keep your blinders on and stay focused and realize it's the same game you played your whole life and be successful up there, Nothing that Patrick Bailey did that was better than the minor league shocked me because I was a way better player at the major league level than I was at the minor league level. Interesting. I, that's honestly never something I even considered there because my thought would be, you know, once you get to the big leagues, you have, you know, you're, you're going to get better talent. You know, the pitching you're going to see at the big league level is obviously going to be better than the pitching you're seeing at the minor league level. But no, that that takes it a whole different direction. And I, I kind of like that. And it, it I like it because it kind of tracks with what we saw from Bailey last year. And you talk about the mental aspect of it. One thing I really do like about Patrick Bailey is he really does kind of have a, the kind of just kind of reserve mentality that I, that I like to see in, in a young baseball player. Um, he really does. He seems to have his head on straight, knows what he needs to do to put the work in, get better. Um, he's got all the, all the resources to do it. Um, Dude, 25 pounds is... I know, but then to come pounds. back that 25 pounds, And he though, said 25 pounds. Yeah. He said 25. Which means, I know... To Susan Slusser. Yeah. So, like, when, when guys report the weight they, they, they've put on, are they more likely to, you know, embellish the weight? You know, like, I put on 25 pounds when you put on 20, or are they, is it going to be a lower number? You know, I put on 25 pounds when really the number's closer to 30 or 35. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, I got to be boots on the ground, dude. Yeah. I'm going down there in a couple of weeks. I'll report to you guys. I'll do. I'll do live updates from Scottsdale. No, no, we'll if definitely you guys have. Care, uh, if you guys care, yeah, no, ninety-five seven game Giants insider FP Santangelo join the morning roast. We'll definitely be saying that at some point in the future. Um, you said the other thing that you're kind of keeping your eyes on. I'm kind of curious with Giants fans here is uh, spring training's kicking off here. 
What's what do you have your eye on right now? 888-957-9570. What do you have your eye on right now regarding the Giants uh hair at the in the first week of of full squad spring workouts? Is it you know, the rather larger Patrick Bailey. Is it the situation at shortstop? That's what FP has his eye on. Uh, me, personally, I'm going to have my eye on the pitching rotation. FP, you said you really like the pitching rotation a lot. I'm a little up in the air with it right now. Um, you know, maybe it's, do you have your eye on the free agent market? Are you going to be waiting for the Giants to sign one of those Boris four? If so, which of those four would you want? Um, so definitely, Giants fans want to hear from you. This is your time. Chime in, 888-957-9570. What do you have your eye on? Um, you know, I said the pitching FP, I want to take a talk about the shortstop position really quick. Um, I, I'm very excited to see Marco Luciano this year. Uh, when we, when Bonte and I, we went to uh, Farhan's end of the year presser last year after he had fired Gabe Kapler, it was uh, 35 very brutal minutes that Farhan had to go through facing the uh, the volley of questions that we threw at him. The one question that he did ask that was not about you know the the team's direction or the managing situation or anything like that uh, was about Luciano, and he said that we are going into next season with Luciano as our opening day shortstop. That is the expectation. I thought like that was it, it caught my attention right away um, because moving off of Brandon Crawford right on to Marco Luciano, I like seeing that. It's that next era. It felt like that official next era of Giants baseball is finally getting underway now that they're committing to Marco Luciano. Um, but then again, then we were talking they committed about committed to David VR last year in spring training. Well, I mean, you're you're now you you at one point earlier in the show you you kind of expressed <laughs> some skepticisms on Luciano. What has you skeptical about about Marco Luciano, or are you skeptical about Marco Luciano? If I'm putting words in your mouth, I, I haven't seen enough of him to to have a hundred percent take. The the little I've seen, I'm not sure he's a defensive major league shortstop. Yeah, uh, I, and I, I I think he's got pop. I think he plays the game the right way, but I have to see more of him. I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure he's the answer at shortstop as we speak. I think he could prove me wrong, but we'll see. I think Casey Schmidt by me or shortstop, uh, maybe more than Luciano. But like I said, I would feel more comfortable if they had like a veteran kind of uh, safety net there, yeah. just in yeah. case. I know. I've, I've seen them t- in, like uh, a Marco Scudero, for example. Yeah, just I've, in I've case. seen Willie Adamas's name popped up yeah, on I trade lo- rumors. Love Willie Adamas. He's supposed to be a great teammate, great clubhouse guy. Everybody loves that dude. Yeah. He's an energy guy. He's a spark guy. This team needs a guy like Willie Adamas. But would that be a thing? It's like my only thing is if you, if you bring in an Ad- a Willie Adamas, does that kind of create a situation where? Luciano might be losing at bats. So he should be getting to a more veteran presence. Like I've seen, you know, a, a Brandon Crawford reunion tossed around in some places, but the the rebuttal to that is that would not be fair to Marco Luciano to where if he's trying to establish himself as an everyday shortstop at the big league level to have the fan favorite breathing down your neck the entire time. Like it wasn't it, fair to Drew Bledsoe to be benched for Tom Brady either. It's, <laughs> sports, are, sports are not fair. That is true. It's not, it's not fair. I, I, I was a big fan of the uh, the Dems the breaks take. You, you know, know we don't, we get away from that too often. You know, dude, if you guys missed it and it's still on my brain, you know when you watch a show and it's still on your brain the whole next day, like this the the dynasty. It's on Apple TV that chronicles the Patriots. I mean, it, it's sit down. You're, you're one selling it to me. It's I, sit I, down one on ones with Brady and Belichick. I and really Kraft. wish I had Apple TV. And, and, and they're talking about how this whole thing developed. You just go on and get the free trial, and then don't forget to cancel it. Uh, that's that, that's what I do on things, but I forget to cancel it. Yeah, see, I don't I get, like, see. My thing is, if I go on, I do the free trial, and then you know, I get through it. I mean, I've I've done free trials before. I once binge watched the entire entirety Game of Thrones from episode one to the final episode, 
all in one week off a free trial of HBO Go um, during the pandemic. One of my more you know proud of pandemic binge performances. Um, so I've done that before, and uh, yeah, I literally finished the show right before the trial was up. Um, with like hours to go, so that was so do it I, then. I've done it before, but then if there's like another show that comes out later on, the other recommendation <laughs> I'll give you is watch Saltburn. <laughs> I told, I told there's you too many it. movies and shows. So you don't got to You got to watch Saltburn. You have to watch Saltburn. Uh, it's I mean, one of the better movies I've seen. In a long what time. I what I do is is the the uber millennial thing, which is uh, you find friends who have certain streaming services, then you, you have your streaming, then you start password swapping. Yeah, yeah. Like I always, you know, when I got Disney Plus, I was like, oh, I, that's like real currency right there. When you got that Disney Plus password to trade with people, uh, so maybe that's just what I got to do. Uh, I just got to get on on a friend's Apple TV plan and and uh, start watching these there. Um, you watch cartoons on Disney Plus. What 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 do oh, you yeah. have Disney Plus for? Oh, I mean, I got to, oh, <laughs> yeah, all the Marvel stuff, all oh, the cartoon all right. stuff. All, all right. I mean, I, I love the Disney movies too. Yeah. You know, I'll uh, I really got into uh, the one I probably watched the most is the animated Spider Man series um, on Disney Plus. I love that show as a kid. That was like that was like my one of my favorite that and uh, the Batman animated series. Those were like two of my favorite. Uh, cartoons growing up as a kid and yeah and i, I watch all the disney classics. all right i grew up on disney you're so young I, enough oh yeah no i love disney um all the animated ones uh all the new ones like yeah it's disney disney's great it's it's magical it's it's why we why we get into it and of course yeah the, the marvel shows all the uh the phase four stuff and how disappointing all those uh, do you get into marvel movies at all no but i have a friend who's um on one of the shows so yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Which, there's uh, a, there's an NDA that yeah. Ah okay. Yes. All right. Well, yeah. can we do a water drop? There's an NDA. Yeah. There, there's an NDA. We've never run. This is an unprecedented I, I situation s- I here. I swore in the NDA that I wouldn't <laughs> say anything. All right. Well then, let's move off this right now. Instead, I would rather hear from Anthony in Daly City, who uh, wants to chip in on who the Giants should add here in spring training. Anthony in Daly City, what do you got? What's up, guys? Morning. How's it going? It's going good, man. But yeah, I, to be honest with you, I feel like this whole board situation, I mean, no one has blinked yet. But to be honest with you, if we were about to drop on Correa almost 300 mil, I think we should drop maybe maybe not 200 mil on Cody, but like 190, 180 on Cody. Because he can play almost every position, first base, center field, any field out, out there. And I think Matt Chapman would be okay, but... You know, we'd rather have a younger, we'd rather have a younger guy on our team, and he's almost about to be in his thirties, but we still have like maybe like two years left with him to be actually pretty good. Yeah, it's a good point there, Anthony. Um, I guess yeah, if you had to pick one of those final four—Snell, Montgomery, Chapman, Bellinger—I'm gonna put you in the in the GM chair, uh, FP. You gotta close the deal with one of those four. Who are you trying to go after there? I like Bellinger, man. I've always liked yeah. Cody. I like the way he plays. I think I think he's uh, very versatile defensively. He can play all three outfields. He can play first base. He plays a really good first base too. Yeah, and not like he just stands there. And and I always said that the, the Giants have sacked. They, 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 the Giants have complained about their defense the last couple of years, but they're putting guys in positions that they never play. So you can't ask a guy to go over and play first once a month, and then he makes an error and to get mad about your defense. Like there's there's playing a position, there's standing at a position. Over the last couple of years, I feel like the Giants have had guys standing at positions and not playing them or or being comfortable playing that position. If you want to be better at defense, you sign guys that play a position, you leave them at that position, and you watch them flourish at that position. But if you're constantly sacrificing defense for offense, 
and you're manipulating the lineup to have the best matchups offensively on a given night, then you can't sit there and say, like, we have to get better defensively. As a former utility player, I know how much hard work it takes to play all these different positions. I know how much ability it takes to play all these positions. I also know that you have to have the right mindset to be open to playing these different positions and be okay with being a six man and coming off the bench or being okay with being a utility player when you used to be an everyday player at one position. So there's so much that goes into this. And uh, I, I, I would love to see Cody. Cody Bellinger seems like he is he has changed. And I don't know what the change was. I'm not going to speculate. Yeah, I guess that's the, the other. The I other. don't know what the cha- change was. If you If you Google him and you go on the internet, there's a lot of talk about things that I don't know if they're true or not, but it seems like he's a lot more, I guess for lack of a better term, focused than he used to be. Yeah, I, I guess that's the other question is how much do you kind of believe that the the bounce back season that he had in Chicago last year was legitimate? And my biggest fear with, with, with Bellinger is I still want to see him signed and he gets that big contract, he gets that big money, and it's just like, all right, I, I got I got my payday. You know, he'll be good for a year, maybe two, and then it's the last few years of that contract were, were agonizing over it. Um, I do like Bellinger a lot, though, because, yeah, it's the defense was always there for him. Even when he was struggling at the plate, he was still a plus defender, and the Giants could absolutely use plus defenders. Uh, I think his presence in the line would be huge because you would have an outfield of... Basically, it would allow you to put uh, Yastrzemski and Austin Slater uh, on the bench and have them be your number four, number five outfielders, which is, I think, what they're both better suited for. I know the Giants, they keep trying to hammer this platoon of, of Austin Slater and Mike Yastrzemski in. On paper, like they do add together as a good baseball player when you mix them together. You know, Slater, he's the lefty masher, Yaz. He does really good against righties. The problem is, though, baseball is really good at taking your best laid plans and chewing them up into a pulp and spitting them out and laughing at you uh, as a result. Um, one of those guys gets banged up, and now you're putting you know Yastrzemski in uh, against lefties too much, and or Slater's getting too much run against righties. Guy like Cody Bellinger though, who could both you know kind of blast through those Jeez. those those splits like that, it takes away all the complications it's, of it. You talk about just make pl- it simple. You talk about platoons and splits, and I just get like triggered. Exactly. So like get a get a guy like Cody Bellinger, and you don't have to get triggered anymore because <laughs> Yaz and and Slater they could be the guys off the bench that they are better suited to be. Um, you're saying out of those final four for me. I would like to see uh, them go after Jordan Montgomery of those final four, only because I would like to see a little bit more depth in the pitching staff. Um, you're not going to get Robbie Ray back until the second half. You're not going to get Alex Cobb back till the first month, and he's going to need a ramp-up time. Jordan Hicks, is they want him to start. He's only made it five innings once in his career FP, and that was last year against the Giants. Um, so... It, there, there's question marks in that rotation. That's before you get to the younger guys, the the Wizenhunts, the Tristan Beck, uh, Kyle Harrison, um, Hayden Burnsong, and Mason Black. I like both of those guys. I like Mason Black a lot. He's got a lot. I think he's got some good accuracy uh, that could serve well at the big league level. But I think they're both still a ways away. I need more guys who I can depend on in this rotation because if you can get through the first half of the season and, and stay roughly within playoff contention or five games of a playoff spot, if guys come back and everyone's healthy, if you have a rotation of Logan Webb, uh, Robbie Ray, Alex Cobb, Jordan Montgomery, and then, you know, we'll see what's going on with Harrison or Wizenhunt or Beck. Well, along with this bullpen you have, if you move Jordan Hicks into the back of that bullpen, you have a scary good pitching staff that can carry you through the entire second half of the season. If you're feeling hot going into the playoffs, 
you know, you're as we've seen the Phillies and the Dimebacks the last two years as the sixth seed. They get hot in September and then they end up rolling deep into October. If they, there's a lot of if ands or buts that need to go right here uh, before we hit fast five, but if all those things hit for the Giants, they could be a very very entertaining second half. Dude, I love uh, your I, I, I love your optimism. Let's go. Yeah, Giddy up. The, the one thing I would say, not to be a pessimist, is they're in the best division in baseball. Yeah, with three really good teams. It, it besides uh, them, it really. I know, and unfortunately, half of the uh, the strategy I feel this year is just hoping that half the people in the Dodgers just forget how you play baseball, and then they just tank. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> what is going to happen though is the Xfinity Fast Five. It's time for the Xfinity Fast Five. Your last chance to get in on the morning roast. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet. Only from Xfinity. All right, it is our Fast Five where we get off our last takes and thoughts of the show. Brought to you by Xfinity. The future is starting now. Uh, My final thought, FP. College football has officially approved the uh, expanding the playoffs to a... uh, 12-team format, and uh, my final thought there is that is awesome. I can't wait to uh, not see Miami in that playoff because <laughs> why would I? Why would that give me any hope whatsoever? Dude, those the, the, the glory days are gone with the Canes. I'm sorry to say. And Mario, we trust. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Can't even beat Rutgers. Once he once they didn't kneel on the ball and fumbled and lost to Georgia Tech, you lost me, bro. I guess my final thoughts are great job today, Sam. It's your first time ever driving a primetime show. I mean, that's fantastic. You did a wonderful job. And I just want to, one more time, tell Joe Shasky that my thoughts are with him. We're thinking about you, bro. We are. Uh, Shasky, again, for personal reasons. Bonte will be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, a couple cl- cl- clips, from, a couple thoughts from the YouTube chat. Uh, best division uh, is the AL East, according to M. Patel. Uh, who else in there? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and then uh, Drew Down thinks that uh, Yusuf Nurkic is a dork. Sure, that sounds about right. I care more about what Lucas's final thought is, though. Lucas, what's your final thought? Thanks for asking me, Sam. Happy to be here. Happy to have my final thought heard. You guys just have me fired up for, for baseball season. I was just thinking about opening day, and there's something so special about opening day for baseball. When you think about you know ba- basketball season coming out of nowhere and starting football season... There's just something special about baseball season. The sights, the sounds, the smells of being out of the ballpark. Really any ballpark, Little League all the way up to Major Leagues. Just everything that comes with baseball season. It's almost March, and that means it's almost baseball season. So my final thought is that I'm just excited for all that baseball brings. And it means summer's right around the corner. Well said, dude. Here, here. Baseball is the official start of spring. That is the Xfinity Fast Five. Uh, at home or on the go, you'll get the fastest internet to all your devices. That is uh, the Xfinity 10G network. The future starts now with Matt Steinmetz and Daryl, the Guru Johnson. Uh, catch you on the next one, everybody.